I'm Ricardo Fuller and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. I'm afraid there's no Chris or Ben this week, so I'm just going to have a chat with Pete Smith from the Sentinel about our start to the season and whether we're still maybe going up. Pete, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, The first question I've got for you is, have we, as Stoke fans, underestimated the championship? I'm not sure. It's a difficult question to answer. Um, Most of us come through the summer we're saying publicly that we won't underestimate the championship. We know it's going to be a hard run, but, but pro- probably we still have. It is genuinely hard, isn't it? And I, I know uh, we talk about patience as well, and it probably boils into the same thing. We can talk about things, but then we're not probably prepared to be that patient. I mean, Gary Rowett's got the best budget. He's got a team that's he's inherited a, a, a squad that's come from 10 years in the Premier League. And if you don't get promoted this year with the backing of the parachute payments, then you're missing your best chance. But all the same, got a, a, a target on your back. And these teams aren't mugs, most of mm. them anyway. Probably a couple are. But I think we've had some hard games so far. Leeds was really hard. I mean, they, they were flying, weren't they? Um, that first game, I think that, that probably caught us unawares, put us on the back foot. Um, Brentford were very good. Preston, I was impressed with. Um, and that's three games in and you, you're catching your breath. Um so, yeah, the wrong way of answering your question is probably, yes, we have underestimated it. We, we thought we could come down and um, be right up there straight away. Um, and perhaps we underestimated how, how difficult it was going to be to turn around the tanker um, for Gary Rowett to stop this team conceding goals, to find mm. a, a balance in the squad and a balance in the starting lineup, and get the team scoring goals. Um, that, that's, they're no mean feats, every one of them. It's a big task, um, and whether he, he's he's on the way to doing it uh, remains to be seen. I, mm. I, I think he is, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yeah, um, Gary Rowett seemed quite chipper at the start of the season. I think he made a, a comment to some uh, journalist before the Leeds game about, uh, you know, uh, have you seen the, the betting odds for the season, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and he's definitely continued, certainly from what I've read of him and what I've seen of him, to project that confidence and and reassure fans that things will still be all right but how do you think he's he's feeling at the moment one win in seven 20th in the league uh definite signs of improvement on the pitch but do you reckon he's he's starting to feel the pressure of it now or do you think the the character that he's projecting is is how he just is i think where he he benefits more than me and you is that he hasn't had to sit through 18, 24, 36 months of Stoke being crap, mm. um, and with the weight of expectation, the weight of um, the weight of that failure isn't on his shoulders. Even though he's probably getting more flack than probably Mark Hughes did um, in some stages. I mean, at the end of Hughes's reign, he was he was getting all sorts, but for, for a long part uh, when things were going wrong, people weren't. There was no massive dissent, certainly at games. Because it seemed like everybody was so determined to, to keep a keep a ship that could keep us in the Premier League, keep everybody happy. Um, but Rowett's fake getting all the flack. Um, I, I said this to, to my friend today. If I'd have been a neutral at Hillsborough, um, I would have walked away, even though Stoke threw away two goal lead, saying, "Well, that that is a team that is going to be up in the top six at the end of the season. They, they were a different 
golf a d- different golfing class to to Sheffield Wednesday. And I think it's only the fact that I know it's Stoke is stopping me getting carried away. Um, I, I think a lot of us um, know what no Stoke are going to let us down or expect Stoke to let us down. And I, I, I hope that Gary Rowett doesn't think that. <laughs> I think he's coming with a fresh broom and he, he's trying to shout at the players, I think, from the flack that's been coming from the stands and from, from social media. There's no doubt he's aware of it. Uh, I think he's he's... He's confident in what he's doing. Uh, first time I met him, it seemed like he had a plan. Um, and I think he, he knows in his head what's required. I think Ryan Woods is a big piece of the jigsaw, like everybody's been saying. He knew that holding midfielder, the right holding midfielder would be central to that. And I think as everything comes together, um, he's pretty confident that, that we're going to go in the right direction. You're still confident that I take it that we will be promotion contenders come the end of the season. Maybe not uh, romping the league as some were suggesting, but uh, do you, do you still think we're on course for that, or do you think there's anything that perhaps we need to change or sort out before we can do that? <laughs> we're not on course for it, are we? <laughs> um, mm. It's uh, jumping to the to the unknown. Um, I, I I do think that we've seen glimpses of. of the, of Stoke being genuinely a very strong team in this division, uh, I think that the players, probably the players who he inherited, need to believe that themselves. Uh, they probably believe it a little bit more after Saturday, but they also have it um, reminded that they've got this uh, vulnerability, this fragility of mentality. Um, th- th- it's a battle, isn't it, between the two at the moment, um, and some awful defending. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think we're on the verge of a good run. Um, but it remains to be seen. I think we'll know a lot more after the next two home games. Yeah, that's an interesting point you raise about mentality because certainly, in my opinion, our most impressive players this season have all been, possibly with the exception of Berahino, have all been new signings, and our yeah. and our biggest disappointments have been the established players. So yeah. the, the likes of Atebo and Woods, obviously, and Ince and Afobe are impressing, but Alan Shawcross, their Peters, their their causes for concern. So do you, do you think Rowett is is going to be the guy to to? Uh, well, obviously, you still have faith in him, but like, how, how does he shake that mentality away? Does it is it as simple as you know we just need to get a few results under our belt, and then and then these players will start to remember that they're kind of Premier League quality. Um, well, who knows? I mean, this is the this is what I was just talking about with the great unknown. Can he do it? Um, if if he can do that, then his job's easy. Um, but I don't know if he underestimated. Um, in fact, he perhaps he hinted at that last week, saying he needed to make decisions earlier in terms of what he needed to change. And he always said that he, he wanted to, um, when he came into a club that's been relegated, he, he thought it was really important to um, make a lot of changes in personnel to, to rid the club of that element. And perhaps he has to a certain extent. We saw some players leave over the past few weeks that has perhaps taken a bit, a bit of the burden off Um I, I still think that perhaps when the going gets tough, Shawcross and Butland and Bruno and Peters can look at each other and think, well, I've been next to this these guys before in the trenches and, and we've had our arses kicked. Um, so can can they get me through it this time? And you can see that the heads, heads drop. Certainly they have done so far this season as soon as we've conceded. Uh, can Gary Rowett turn that around? Well, that's his job. 
Um, at the moment, we're still seeing a mistake or two in every game. Uh, and we've, we've seen that for the past 18 months. I've always thought the players, the, the, um, um, the sum of the parts has, be, has been less than... Uh, I'll try and phrase this right. We went up with a team that was greater than some of its parts, mm. and the, the team that Hughes left was it, um, a team that was less than some of its parts. Mm. And I've always thought that would correct itself over time. Um, but I've been thinking that for too long now. So, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a leap of faith. I, I, my hunch is that we'll be okay once once they win a couple of games because they just haven't been used to winning games and, and get that winning feeling back in the in their system. Um, but I know a lot of people wouldn't agree with me. Yeah, um, it's a kind of mixed response, I'd say. I mean, certainly there's. The people I talk to, I know a lot of people who were very, very down sort of as a result of last season about our chances going into the championship, but also a lot of people who thought we'd romp the league. And there, there's kind of been a mixed response to our start to the season. A lot of people are very, very negative about everything. Um, but a lot of people are still, you know, seeing the positive, seeing the kind of gradual signs of progress in the way we've playing even though we haven't quite got the results i mean from the people you've spoken to do you do you think that the overwhelming majority are going to be patient with gary rowett I, i've been a bit surprised actually by the um by the amount of stick he's been getting i, I would have thought that because everybody was talking about the need for patience I mean, three games in to be to be told you don't know what you're doing. What was it? Three or four games in? Mm. That was that was a bit harsh, um, and he's got he's been getting a hell of a lot of stick um, on social media over the last couple of days. Uh, but you're in a bit of a bubble, aren't you? On social media, you don't know. You can take you can uh, read too much into it. You don't know if it's how many people are of the same thought, and I guess that. You only really get a feeling of, of the majority on a match day when you have twenty five thousand people in in the ground. If the if the reaction to the defeat by Wigan was anything to go by, then he's under a lot of pressure. Um, but I, I think the most of the people coming away from Hillsborough on um, Saturday were thinking, yes, still a lot need a lot to do, but that's a team that's produced seventy minutes of the best football or, or football to give us hope. Um, mm. So the quality has been improving step by step, but as as I keep saying, we're, we're in the unknown at the moment. I would say that the Swansea game tomorrow is a game I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, um, can't wait to see Ryan Woods again. I think he had a massive impact. Um, I think that the team had had balance. I, I think we've got goals in us now, um, and I, I just haven't been looking forward to games very often um, over the past couple of years. So it, it's nice to to have that in me it might only last a day who knows hmm. um, so so we'll go from there yeah i mean on the on the twitter thing it's oh well on social media in general the another problem with it is the kind of uh instantaneousness of it because i know certainly in the wake of the result on saturday so I don't I don't have time to sit and really think about the performance, think about you know the positive side of it. I'm just really annoyed that we've let a two goal lead slip, and then yeah. I, I tweet off some things. Maybe by the next morning or a few days later, I'm regretting them or slightly changing my opinion on them. And a, a lot of people might 
do the same thing, but then kind of feel like they're forced to dig in on that same position and and just hold it no matter <laughs> what evidence the contrary. So uh, that's kind of always been the case. I mean, this ha- this happened at uh, Hughes where people were either for him or against him for a long time yeah. and now it feels entrenched like, they? yeah yeah and now it feels like a lot of people are retrospectively saying oh uh, you know the writing was on the wall for Hughes for ages when it, maybe if you search through their tweets you, you wouldn't <laughs> exactly find that yeah it, it does it, I mean you, I saw your piece uh, this afternoon about um, how people celebrate goals it seems mm. like you've got to be either really happy or really angry there's no middle ground <laughs> anymore um, certainly in the moments, um, you, you can't walk away from a, from a match thinking, "Oh well, on to the next one." It's got to be fume, fuming, or, or um, yeah, time for a party. Yeah, and um, it's kind of a lot, a lot to do with kind of projecting your own supporters being kind of correct. So like, I'm positive about the club, therefore I'm a good fan. I'm. Yeah. I'm critical about the club, therefore I'm the only fan who knows what's really going on, kind of thing, and yeah. uh, that that can fuel each other. Mentioning no names, of course, but there's there's someone <laughs> who like you're being positive for the sake of being positive, you're being negative for the sake of being negative. Um, yeah. I'll let people make their own conclusions about me from that. Uh, but <laughs> um, I w- wanted to ask you, uh, sort of, uh, from your position as a journalist for the Sentinel, how do you think? Uh, so from your interactions with uh, Gary Rowett and his his new crop of backroom staff, how do you feel the club is uh, projecting a more positive attitude now? Do you do you feel like in the conversations you've had with them that the club is, uh, you know, kind of dusting itself down and and going again, or do you still kind of sent get the same kind of sense that you did? with Hughes and Lambert in that there's kind of maybe just a negative aura about the place. I'm not sure about positive and and negative. I I, I think there's a professional um, aura about Rowett. Every every time I've met him and and his coaching team, they they strike me as having been very well organised and people who know exactly what they need to do, even if you might not necessarily agree with what they're thinking, they've got a, a, a clear thought process and in, in, in what they're what they're doing. Um, I'm not sure that was always the case with with Hughes. Um, it did seem to, to flip flop um, between certain things and maybe let things things ride more than they should have done. Uh, and towards the end of his reign, he was definitely paranoid. I think he could have survived longer than he he did. If he'd had a better reaction, uh, better um, communication with fans, um, I, I think he, he could have ridden a storm. Perhaps not the storm that finally came to see him off. But he, could, he could have ridden a storm better if mm. he had been um, had shown more respect to Stoke fans and, and not been so dismissive of any dissent. Um, I think part of the problem is, is that I found out since that he was pretty much addicted to reading the Oatcake. I, um, I think uh, Mark Bowen uh, posted on there. Which is a dangerous territory. I mean, you dread to think what was going through his mind when he when he clicked on there every day. Um, so perhaps it's it's understanding that he, he could grow to think that everybody hated him, uh, and that, that I think that showed. I think that was the 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 aura as you were talking about. I think that that gave off by the, by the end of his reign. He, he stank of it. He stank of a man who 
who was paranoid about his position. He thought that nobody wanted him. He thought um, the fans hated him, which they probably did by that point. And he, he probably hated the fans back. Um, so I, 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 Gary Rabbit at this stage, I think, is is um, uh, still exuding a, a man who who is positive about what he, what he can do for Stoke. I think he's confident that he can get the club going in the right direction and ultimately back into the into the Premier League. Mm, um... I, I think he, I think he's quite confident that this team can be the best in the Championship. But that's certainly a positive here. I'm I'm quite concerned by this uh, this idea of any stake manager going on the oatcake or indeed <laughs> going on social media or indeed yeah. listening listening to us. Um, <laughs> but but I, I mean, if it's your job, if your job is to manage Stoke and you've got a, a site which is dedicated to Stoke and it's fans who are talking about you, you'd be tempted to give it a read, wouldn't you? You'd be tempted yeah, to have of a course. listen. It's uh, it's but, but completely it's so dangerous. Yeah, it's completely understandable, but it's it's really really concerning because it only takes yeah. one one idiot to uh, really really mess with you. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's that is certainly the vibe I got from Sparky towards the end. Is he was you know lashing out, making making just silly remarks like uh, who <laughs> else could do it and um, yeah. the thing about the train doors and all the rest of it. Yeah, uh, let, let's just fingers crossed. We we never reach that stage with uh, Gary Rowe, and <laughs> if he if he is reading the oatcake, it's uh, with nothing but uh, a smile <laughs> on his face. Um, I'm not sure he can do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't don't read the oatcake. I mean, I'm I'm a Stoke fan, and I try to avoid it when we've when we've lost at the best of times. So. <laughs> yeah, we're playing Swansea tomorrow. I mean, by the time this comes out, uh, a lot of people the Swansea game may well have happened, but. Uh, Brian Woods introduced. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sound like a right wally if if we lost four 0 aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 well. Fingers crossed, we haven't. Uh, but Ryan Woods comes in against Sheffield Wednesday and uh, plays very well. Looks like the the player we need, and certainly uh, we do create more. We play some nice football. Uh, Fobe's back back scoring goals again. Is this four three three system? Do you think the right one? Because he's experimented with a lot, and he seems like this could be the one he settles on. Yeah, it's interesting listening to um, the Wednesday contingent on Saturday, just talking about Stoke's threat going forward and, and then midfield. Uh, it's, I, I can't remember the last time an opposition reporter had said. Crikey, Stoke is so dangerous going forward. You just expect them to score every time they get the ball. So, <laughs> not in my world. Um, I mean, for, for for two years we've just been think, wondering where the goals have been coming from, and I, I genuinely think this team now looks suddenly like it's got goals in it. Helped in, helped in large parts by Benny Kifobi, who, who looks hungry when the ball's in the box. He, he looks like he, he he wants to score goals. Um, Tom Ince looks dangerous. So I, I, I hope he gets on a bit of a run. Because I think he can score a lot of goals, and and hopefully, Atibo and and Alan um, can join the party as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think all, all through preseason, Gary Rowett was had this formation in mind uh, for a, a large. For the Badu situation probably clouded his thought a bit because um, up until Badu arrived for training two days late, I think he'd pretty much written off Badu as part of his plans. But then whatever happened over the next two weeks, suddenly Badu was in the starting lineup. Um 
after only playing half a match in pre-season. And um, so we were, it was a bit of a setback, wasn't it? I mean, it, it became so clear after Alan Road that Badu can't be part of the plans and that Gary Rowett, if he was going to play this formation, he needed to buy somebody who could play in that holding role. Because I, I, that Gary Rowett would say that he had a better player at Derby or at Birmingham for that position than he had inheriting this squad that he did from, from Mark Hughes and Paul Wembert. There's mm. just, apart from Jeff Cameron, who was, who's hardly been fit for 18 months, um, there's Darren Fletcher, but he, he wanted somebody with energy who, who could play in that role. Um, so I, I think that Ryan Woods is such a pivotal player. Maybe Sam Lucas as well could, could fill that. Um, I mean, he's the great unknown, isn't he? But where's he going to play? What's he going to do with him? How are you going to fit four players into three positions? But yes, I, I think that'll be the way the way he goes. Um, I noticed today he talked about Berahino and and, um, and Bojan perhaps even fitting somewhere in that three. And I, I'm not sure about that, but I, I do think that Ryan Woods gives you the um, the possibility that you can, you can you, you've got room to play with. I think he he just gives you that balance uh, and that pivot. Um, and you can do a lot from from there, but you can't do anything without that platform. Yeah, um, certainly looked like the way we'd go, uh, given how well it it did, well, at least for seventy minutes against Sheffield Wednesday. But it's kind of odd that the, in my opinion, our best player, and in several fans' opinion, our best player, Bojan, and also the player who's kind of been the most impressive this season inside of Berahino none of yeah. them really fit that system so yeah do you, he was saying do you think Rowett was saying through pre-season that he, he wasn't going to play with a number 10 wasn't he um, mm. so he said he, he, he did it with Derby um, for most of last season but he, he was too reliant on, on uh, Vidra uh, in the end because uh, everything had to go through him uh, and the, the glimpses on Saturday suggested that Stoke were a force all over the pitch playing that four-three-three system. Uh, can I, I do think if, if Bojan found his best form, and you get you just get him in the team, and, and you, you can build your team around him, and you win the league. Um, but can you wait to see if you can find Bojan in that kind of mood to to get to that level? Um, can he get to that level? Uh, is it worth? It? Can you can you gamble any games on seeing if that if if that's possible? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Certainly, as a as a massive Bojan advocate, he hasn't really had the the run of games to to show what he can do. And I personally thought yeah. he was decent against Brentford until he was uh, taken off as well. So, yeah. I'm I'm really kind of concerned that he just won't get a chance in this in this four three three. And the, 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 no. the number ten points an interesting one because I get that you may have been too reliant on Vidra at Derby, but Derby still did okay, you know. The, yeah. And if you've got a player decent enough to play that role, I mean, I thought so, Berahino played that role very well against Hull, so it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to even be Bojan, but um, yeah. that's that's quite interesting, and we'll, and we'll see how uh, it pans out for both Sido yeah. and Bojan. Oh. Yeah. Well, keep, keep your fingers crossed. I mean, I'd, I'd love to... I'd love for Bojan to, to come back in and and, um, and be the hero. Mm. Um, at the moment, I, I can't see it happening anytime soon, but you never know what's around the corner. Mm. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Moritz Bauer, who 
played the first few games of the season, but now appears to be uh, frozen out along with yeah. Charlie Adam in the under 23s. I mean, how, how are you reading that situation? I think Bauer wanted to play for the under 23s rather than sit on the bench. I, I, that's my understanding. I mean, um, it, it, it might not be the case. I mean, it might have been told to go down and play, but I, I think he's keener to, he wants to play football. And you can see that as good, good or bad, I guess. Can't you? Mm. you want somebody who wants to, to, to show what he can do and, and play games, rather than just sit on a bench somewhere. Um, but at the same time, it'd be useful to have him on the bench. Um, perhaps he will be tomorrow, uh, with with having not played the night before. Um, I, I think he was pretty poor in, in the first couple of games, defensively. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. That, Rowett was pretty. Rowett was completely ruthless. There's power in it. Um, even when we first had whispers about Danny Simpson and and, and Martina, I was thinking, really, you're after a right back. Um, but I, I think Martina's been been decent. Um, yeah. It seems like you can trust him defensively. Uh, I think he's pretty harsh on Tom Edwards. I think he he perhaps deserved the chance. Um, but Rowett needed well, Valtteri. Needed, um, about uh, I, I love Bauer. Like a, a really nice bloke. Um, games, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. I, I don't think um, it's any more than that, really. Bauer obviously wants defenders he can trust, he, he, and he still he still trusts Peter Bike. What people are saying. So, mm. um, how do you think the window went for us overall? Do you? How satisfied do you reckon Rauer and the the team were with how it all panned out? I know. We were we in for many more names than we actually got, and were we more disappointed that we couldn't maybe shift as many as perhaps we wanted yeah. to? I think shifting people earlier would have been ideal. Um, the crowd became very heavy. Uh, the squad became very heavy, didn't it? Um, up towards deadline day, and you've got people who, who were obviously not going to be involved, um, and even if they got eggs, having them around the place and knowing that. They're not going to be involved. It's, it must be pretty hard to manage. Um, I, I'm sure that he was. He would have liked a, a Ryan Woods in earlier, um, and to, to resolve resolve that Badu and holding midfielder situation sooner than he did. Um, he got a phobian quickly, which was which was good. Um, it would have been good to have Richie in. He would have been fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Rowett was after another centre-back to really challenge uh, Shawcross and, and Martin Zindi or perhaps be a first choice ahead of them um, rather than go to, to Ashley Williams in the end who, who looks like he's deputy at the moment, doesn't he? Um, mm. In case of an injury. I'm, I'm sure he, he would have... I'm sure there were names on his list um, for defenders who, who could come in and, and demand the shirt. Um, that would have been interesting to see how that would have panned out. But I, I think on the whole... He's brought in what eight or eight nine players. Um, probably seven or eight of them are going to be starters. That's a, that's a lot of business. Yeah. Um, and the, the, they're all his his men, even if they weren't on the top of the list. He's he's driven the the transfer dealings. I think that's pretty obvious. Obviously, uh, Atibo is is probably one that he's um, had given to him. Uh, although he he's been keen to stress that he, he's he did his own research on him as well. Uh, so it's his squad. Um, I, I, I'm prepared to be patient to see how it comes comes together. Uh, I was saying 
before the ball was kicked that I'll, I'll reserve my judgment until October, November when it's really his squad up and running. It's tempting to to um, to rush in with a with a verdict now, but I, I think uh, I think it'll come together. Um, do you think we're in for James Collins? I know he, he said something to the effect of, uh, yeah. we may have spoken to his agent, but it's not it's not happening right now." Um, what, what 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 do you reckon? Do you th- do you think that'll be a an avenue we we go down? Yeah, he left the door open, didn't he, with with what he said? Um, oh, oh, yeah, who knows? Uh, can you can you get through till January with? Three defenders and another couple in in um, in the youth team. Um, three pretty injury prone defenders, I have to say as well. Or do you bring an extra backup? And or, or, or if you wait until January, perhaps you can you can you can bring in a defender who is going to be that first choice. Um, someone like Ryan Woods from somewhere in the Championship. Someone who isn't the first name on everyone's lips at the moment, um, but who can come in and, and and demand a starting spot. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think he's he's in any he needs to be in any rush to make that call at the moment. He probably probably hasn't made it himself mm. just yet. Well, well uh, one central defender we do have at the club is Ryan Shawcross, and I'm just reading uh, your piece talking about his quotes, uh, kind of equating Ryan Woods to Glenn Whelan. Yeah. Um, how how do you think Ryan Shawcross is is kind of feeling at the moment? Obviously, he's come under for a lot of criticism, and I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, he how aware he is of that, um, yeah. but it it does seem to me um, I may be getting too kind of emotionally attached. But I I love Ryan, and even when it's justified, I I really don't like reading criticism yeah. of Ryan Shawcross. So <laughs> no. uh, do do you think he's uh, like fully hundred percent motivated to get in Stoke back up because he's he's been here yeah. so long and it just seems a, a real shame if this is kind of the way his Stoke career maybe dwindles out. No, absolutely, 100%. I mean, um, this is a, a guy who found out his, his dad had died on the way to the West Ham game um, what, in, in the relegation uh, run-in and still still came through and, and played. He found out on the team coach um, and he had, he had a blinder that night and mm. st- still Stoke cocked it up. I think he's been incredibly frustrated um, by some of the players he's had around him uh, um, over the past eighteen months, because um, he, he is he uh, for me he he is the DNA of, of the Stoke City that um, sorry to to use that cliche, yeah, but he, he is he is the Stoke City that that um, we've loved for the most of the of the last decade. Um, he knows all about the club. I think he's got a very thick skin. He, he there's no doubt he's aware of the criticism. Um, I, I think he did all right on Saturday. I think people, perhaps he could have done better on the first goal. Perhaps he should have made sure he was the other side of, of, um, of the Wednesday scorer, uh, Marco, Mark, Mark, well, I can't remember his name, sorry. Um, but I, I was saying to, to Martin Spinks on uh, Friday that I, I see Shawcross's role as perhaps uh, being the Jerry Taggart that we had last time we were in the Championship or 2004, mm. 2003, four, but a, a better version, a Ryan Shawcross version of that, to use his experience and his knowledge of of this division and and playing above to to pull Stoke through. Um, I, I, I think he'll get there. He's he certainly bounced back from from trials and tests before. Um, so 
uh, I, I would like to see him get a lot more support. I, th- I think he deserves it for, for the stuff that he's been through. We've all been through together. Um, but, but I think he'll he'll get his head down, um, whatever is, is being shouted or written about him, because um, he, he, he loves the club. Mm. Um, I've just got one uh, question off Twitter before I let you go. Um, and it, it feels... Uh... It feels like pointed criticism, but uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you respond to it. Uh, apart from Mike Pedgick, this is from uh, at Wayne Paul Broad on Twitter. Apart from Mike Pedgick, are the Sentinel writers too optimistic and non-critical of Stoke and their performances? <laughs> well, uh, uh, maybe that's fair. I don't know. I, I try not to be. I, I try to be um, reasonably objective. Um, perhaps subconsciously, you, you do. Um, uh, right with a bias because I because I do like Ryan Shawcross perhaps I I let him off the hook more than I should, um, but I, I, I hope not and I, I'm sure that if you ask the players, um, or Mark Hughes or Mark Bowen, they would say that they were, we were uh, more negative than we needed to be. I, I think Mark Hughes had it in his head that we were that we were particularly negative. Um, I, I, th- I thought that was unfair. I, I th- you get it from both sides, and I'd like to think that was a sign that you're doing something right. Um, it might be a sign that we're doing everything wrong. Um, uh, but yeah, Springsteen's got the toughest job because he has to do the, the player ratings. Uh, I've had a uh, go on it um, myself over the years. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I do give Springsteen stick myself when he dishes out um, sevens uh, sometimes. I know he gave Ryan Woods a seven on Saturday. Um, so give him a bit of a poke in the ribs. It is difficult. And there have been players in the past who've got in touch with him. Um, one player gave him a statistical rundown of his game to demand oh, God. To, uh, to, and, and asked, <laughs> to demand why he got a six. Oh, um, you've got to tell uh, us who it is. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be who you thought, actually. Um, and there's, there's a, a player who got in touch with me uh, with um, um, saying, thinking that I'd done the player ratings. Calling it a, a, a joke that he'd he'd um, he'd been however things he'd described him. Uh, I had a manager of a different club bring up the newspaper, uh, calling it calling it a farce. <laughs> but it's, it's genuinely difficult. Uh, you can't please um, everybody. Uh, hopefully, we get the balance right. I'm sure we don't all the time. Uh, and if, if there's any criticism, I'm, I'm happy to to um, answer any questions about it and explain my thoughts behind anything. Play ratings, you, you go to, straight to Spinksy. I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we stop recording, I'm going to weasel those names out of you because <laughs> the, the thought of a professional footballer getting played of Opta stats out and uh, ringing up uh, the Sentinels, <laughs> quite something. I mean, there, there's play ratings that... Um, I do feel for Martin Spinks because he is on a hiding to nothing, and like there, there will always be one rating every week, and that's why I yeah. never want to do them is because there will always be one rating that just winds people up, and no matter how justified you think it is. Yeah, um, I, I, I started with every player on a six, and um, yeah. work up and down during the match, apart from the referee who, who normally started on a four or a five, but that that's just that's just me. Um, uh, yeah, it's difficult to to watch a match, write a report, uh, contribute to a blog, send out tweets, and keep an eye on eleven players or fourteen players 
as well as making notes of all the substitutions and the bookings and the attendance and, and, and what fans are singing and everything else. Um, mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think inevitably you're not going to have the same opinion as somebody else. Um, but he tries to be fair. Mm. Uh, well, I look forward to your heavily biased, overly positive take on <laughs> our defeat at the hands of Swansea. But uh, yes, bef- in- yeah. yeah, until then, thank you very much, Peter. Cheers, David.